are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. Joined by Ben White. I am merely Mike Luke. Arizona wins 69-53 to against the Washington State Cougars. And there's a lot of really good stuff to get to in this game. First and foremost, Ben, I just wanted to see an easy Arizona victory after the nice win that Arizona had against USC. And that's exactly what happened. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the individual players. And we're going to get you ready for Saturday's game against the Washington Huskies. But Ben, first and foremost, let's talk about this game. And there's a lot of good stuff to get to. And first of all, it starts with James Akinjo, Benedict Matherin, up and down, all the way down to Terrell Brown with four blocks. Lots of good stuff to take away from this game. Lots of good stuff and a very convincing win, especially the way that they played in the second half. Um, I thought the game was a bit of a tale of two halves, especially in the first half with the score being a little bit closer than I thought. But again, Arizona really positioned themselves in the in the low court, which is what they've done all season when they're when they've been successful when it comes to winning games. Like 24 to 10 advantage in the paint. I mean, that's incredible. That's obviously something that we had talked about offline prior to this game and what Arizona needed to do. And yeah, I mean, it was a, a good effort all around. I think when you look at some of the guys who played really well, whether it was a Kinjo, whether it was even Terrell Brown stepping in for uh, an injured Kirk Creesa there at the last second, I thought that he did some good things and it may not necessarily re- reflect in the points that he had. He only had seven points, but he had four blocks. I thought the guards played really well on the defensive side. And I thought Arizona just did what they did get the ball inside whether it was to uh, Jordan Brown, whether it was to Coloco. He didn't have the best game, obviously, but Arizona really did a good job of getting its bigs inside, establishing a presence, and just getting up. He's especially there in the second half. But there were some rough patches, don't get me wrong, but a, a very convincing win for Arizona nonetheless, and that's what you want to see. You want to see that because time is fleeting at this point because you've only got a few games left to go where you can really build on the momentum that you showed against USC. And I'm not going to lie, early on, it felt like, oh gosh, are we going to revert back to what Arizona has seen earlier where, you know, you play down to the level of your competition and you don't necessarily have play as well as we know that they're capable of playing. But then about with about that eight minute mark to go in the first half, you could see that Arizona kind of figured it out and really was able to kind of push that lead. And let's be honest here. This is a Washington State team that isn't very good, but they're also dangerous. But Arizona at the same time knew who they had to come in and who they had to stop. They had to stop Noah Williams, who national player of the week, coming off a 40-point game against the Stanford Cardinal, and you had to stop Isaac Bontoc. Now, Yeah, it, it, it was that simple. And uh, come on, man, Noah Williams at 42, not 40. I'm, I'm teasing. But yeah, those were two guys who... Like you said, played really well the, the last week or so for Washington State. And Arizona's definitely had its challenges with guards who, who play like that throughout the year. Um, and it's certainly something that you kind of wondered, especially because on the defensive side, Arizona hasn't been the best when it comes to defending, especially um, in the backcourt. So it was really nice to see those guys in check. Wong Tong didn't do a whole lot. I thought that um, I thought Arizona did a really good job on um, Noah Williams, like you said, especially coming off the game that he did. And it was really simple. 
because all you had to do was take those guys out of the equation and Washington State didn't really have much of a chance. And it's especially indicative as you look down the scoreboard and the bench and some of the other guys that they have that it was really just about neutralizing those two guys. And Arizona did a great job. I thought that, too, you look at somebody like James Akinjo, and I think we've been saying this all season, but this team really goes as far, it seems like, when it comes to how James Akinjo plays, right? Obviously, the first half, very slow start for him. Second half, I think he made the first three of the game for Arizona. They were talking about on the broadcast, and it's very evident just watching that game that Arizona needed to, needed to get something going shooting-wise, but he got going. He finished with 19 points, and it, it felt like kind of everything just flowed from there. This team really goes through James Akinjo's. If there's anything I've learned this year, that's really kind of your key piece right there. And Sean Miller is obviously a point guard, and I think the big knock has always been that he's had a difficult time finding a point guard that can really kind of run his system and do what he needs to do. And there's a lot of times where you're, we're talking in the uh, we're talking after a game or before a game. What are we going to get out of James Akinjo? Well, this is a couple straight nice games in a row right here where he really controlled the tempo, controlled the pace, and the numbers out there, they really indicate that. We're going to break down, obviously, in the next segment, some of the individual performances here. But, Ben, I thought you hit the nail on the head, too, where Arizona in the past has had difficulty containing dribble penetration, especially from guys on the wing and or guys from the perimeter. Arizona was able to do that today. How many times was there a Washington State guy that got into the paint and you're like, oh, gosh, that was way too easy. And he just basically blew by his defender. There really wasn't a ton of that. Now, granted, this isn't a Duke or a North Carolina where you're dealing with five star kids across the board. But Washington State is still a a fairly talented team, at least on the perimeter. And what Arizona needed to do in this game, they accomplished. I'm a big believer in you can only play who's in front of you and you can only set your expectations to what is in front of you. And Arizona is a better team than Washington State. They showed that the last time or they showed that uh, this time as opposed to the last time when you go into double overtime and it creates some luck. So this team is starting to show, I think, a little bit more of the instinct and a little bit more of the talent that I think both of us know that Arizona is capable of. And it's kind of exciting to see what this team can do in the next couple games there, Ben. It is. And I think it, it really entices you to get excited for that Oregon game that we're getting back. I know there were some mixed emotions with that being announced earlier in the week, but yeah, I mean, it's not exciting. For me. Not for, not for you. We we're well aware of that. Um, but yeah, it's exciting because you know that these guys are going to be back. You know that, you know, assuming that everything kind of stays in place and, Unless we're throwing a curveball, I don't really see this roster looking really all that much different next year. But there is a path and there is a blueprint for what this team can be. And I think that we've seen flashes of that, whether it was this game, whether it was against USC, which was their best win of the season by far. There's some hope and you know what these players are capable of, I think, now. And you know kind of what their ceilings are. And on the next segment, I think, one guy to really talk about, and we're, when you look at the scoreboard, it really doesn't stand at all that much this um, this game, but I think he's an epitome of what we're talking about here, somebody like Jordan Brown, you know, somebody who can get a lot better, somebody who's shown flashes, and uh, we'll be talking about that here on the next segment. Yeah, what and Sean Miller has talked all season about that he knows what this team is capable of. 
he knows what the future of this team holds. And you really saw that today here, Ben, in that you this is a team that has some real potential to do some things. Not this year, obviously, for, well, you know, a multitude of reasons. But everything to me is building towards a precipice of next season. And this is what you needed to accomplish. I don't care that Washington State isn't that good. You had to go in there and you had to beat them down. You couldn't go into double overtime or we couldn't be sitting in a situation where, yeah, Arizona won by one off a last second uh, heave from Terrell Brown from the corner of the court. We shouldn't be at that point at this stage in the season. And it was just nice to see a game where in the second half you knew that Arizona was about 10 to 15 points better than this team. And it really showed itself there, Ben. And uh, it's going to be fun to talk about these guys on the other side. I will say this, though, if you had an account to betonline.ag and you thought that Arizona was going to cover the spread in this game, which did start out at nine, you could have made some pretty good money at betonline.ag. The cool thing about betonline.ag as well is that you can go on there and there's all kinds of different ways to bet. You get the traditional better who wants to look at Arizona's line at minus nine and say, yeah, I think Arizona is going to be able to beat Washington State by more than that. But then you also kind of get the more intricate better who says, yeah, I want to bet that. But at the same time, I think a guy like James Akinjo is going to go over his 14 point a game average. Let's see what's in that avenue. And at betonline.ag, you can find a lot of situations like that. And that's what makes this the best betting site going. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about the individual performances of this game. But if you're like me and you wanted to make a little bit of money on this game, possibly, why don't you look at betonline.ag? The cool thing about betonline.ag is that not only can you make a little bit of money off of a point spread, you look at it and you say, okay, Arizona's minus nine in this game. I think I want to make a little bit of money there. But you can also do some other things where you can go on and say, yeah, I think that Arizona's going to win. But at the same time, I think that James Akinjo is going to go over 16 points. BetOnline.ag has you covered in that aspect in a way that very few betting sites do. That's why BetOnline.ag is the best one going. Stay locked on the Locked On Wildcats. Celebrating Arizona's 69 to 53 victory. Now, Ben, let's talk a little bit about some of the individual performances here. Obviously, we talked about James Akinjo in the first time 19 points, six rebounds, four assists, a couple too many turnovers, but four steals. He really led the way there. But the stat line that really kind of jumps out at you is Terrell Brown Jr. Seven points. That's cool but five rebounds, eight assists, four steals, one turnover. He said it remains to be seen whether he'll be back next year, but as an Arizona fan, I think you'd certainly like to see Terrell Brown Jr. back. Oh, most definitely, and I think he did a great job coming in there, handling that role, being thrown in there with Carissa, clearly a a game-time decision. And he's a guy, too, where I, I think we've seen flashes of him, whether it was early in the season or even now in conference play, well into conference play, where he gets in the game and, he can just kind of do everything. He's kind of that crafty three and D wing that Miller's looking for a guy who can come in there, 
probably bring some energy on the defensive side that maybe some of these other wings and guards don't. And you could certainly make the argument as to why Arizona probably played better there on the defensive side with him in there. So he's just a good presence. He's a good guy to keep around. He's somebody who's certainly going to get better and better with more playing time. And uh, he's only a positive influence amongst Akinjo and all these other guys we have here in the backcourt. So I would certainly like to see more uh, more of him, and uh, it sounds like we might we might be able to see that uh, come tomorrow against Washington and then maybe against Oregon as well. All right, Jordan Brown, he didn't obviously have his 19 and 13 game that he did against USC, but he still had a very nice game, and he looked a little bit different out there, being that he had his eight points, he had his four rebounds, but again, he just looked physical out there, and this isn't meant to beat up on Christian Coloco, but Jordan Brown just has more basketball ability than Christian Coloco. I think it's very difficult to argue that. And you really want to see him be able to take that next step here. And he built off the USC performance. He played well in this game. Jordan Brown did. Now you got two more games. That one really caught my eye as well. And then honestly, Benedict Matherin. This was a guy that we were talking about being a first round pick three weeks ago. Man, it seems like about a decade ago. But 14 points off five of seven from the field, two of four from three-point range, four rebounds. He had a really, really nice game there, and that's what you're really hoping for from the one guy I think on this team, Ben, that does have some superstar potential to him. Yeah, I think so, and I think it was especially nice to see the bounce back considering the way he played uh, last time against USC. And he's a guy, too, where you kind of watch him, and he and Brown and... Kinjo to a lesser degree, but he and Brown and Creasa and some of these other guys, they're kind of the shiny toy object in the room for this team because you know what they're doing right now, and they're certainly exceeding expectations at time, but they're not but they're not at a point right now where it's consistent. So to see Brown go out there and play the way that he did, and let's be honest here, you said it yourself just a minute ago. There are things that he can do that simply Christian Coloco just simply cannot do physicality around the basket. It seems like he's a better athlete just in general. Coloco just strikes me as a guy who is really good at blocking shots, but he doesn't move all that well. His basketball IQ isn't quite where Sean Miller, I'm sure, wants it to be, just based on a couple of those fouls that we saw last night. But yeah, Brown is certainly the guy that uh, a lot of people had expectations for. And, you know, this is a guy who we've known for quite a while, Mike, because as you know, you know, Arizona and Nevada were the final two schools, and he ultimately went to Arizona or Nevada, excuse me, and then transferred to Arizona later. But this is a guy coming out of Northern California, was recruited very high, very highly, had high expectations, and it's kind of manifesting itself uh, late, I guess, is better than never, as they say, right? Uh, and that's certainly the case here. Now, you don't want to start talking too far ahead about having a starting five pretty much down, but if you could go into the offseason where, you know what? All right, James Akinjo is probably going to be my starting point guard. Or not probably, is going to be my starting point guard. Benedict Matherin, checkmark. Azulis Tabellis, checkmark. And then you, you've got a little bit of wiggle room at that shooting guard position. Probably going to be Kirk Creasa. But you'd like a guy like Jordan Brown to be able to put a stranglehold on that. Because, again, as Christian Coloco can be effective, he can be a good player. But I think he's always going to be somewhat limited in a way that Jordan Brown isn't. Again, this isn't meant to make Jordan Brown out like he's going to be like he's Akeem Olajuwon. But at the same time, there is just more basketball ability to Jordan Brown. So 
Ben, before we get to the uh, Washington game here, just kind of give me your final thoughts on this game. Well, I think overall for Arizona, like we said a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, I think a lot of us thought we, they were going to win this game, but just based on the way that they've played all season, I didn't expect them or necessarily believe that they would be able to put a victory like this on the scoreboard, winning 69 to 53. It was just really nice to see Arizona in a situation where we have the better players, we have the better team, and it showed really in the second half. And you saw some bright pieces, and obviously we hope the best for Creason. It sounds like the ankle injury isn't too serious, but it was kind of a blessing in disguise, I think, to get somebody like Terrell Brown Jr. in there, get him going. Somebody like Jordan Brown was able to get going as well in the front court, just getting more playing time. A really nice overall win, and I think it was really the win where you look back and say, this was the opportunity to incorporate some of those players that we haven't had the opportunity as much to see this year and get them more playing time, right? So I think Akinjo, obviously 19 points. That's what you're looking for every single game. This go, I will say this over and over, and I know you will too. This team goes as far as James Akinjo will take them. So you need a level of consistency from him. You need Arizona to dominate in the front court, which they did in the paint. And they did a really good job. And really the only job was to stop those two guys that Washington State had in Williams and uh, Bouton. So really good overall win for Arizona. It's it's a confidence builder for sure, especially after the USC game. And I think if you had looked back a couple of weeks ago with Arizona's slump and some of the struggles that they were having, um, you would be very pleased with where we are. Arizona has certainly turned it around, you know, given the opportunity and the, and the circumstances this year. No NCAA tournament, no Pac-12 tournament, but these guys aren't giving up. They're playing for something. They're definitely playing for something, and like we talked about before, there's all these different pieces in here that can contribute at certain times, and I think that's just what's exciting as an Arizona. And that's what makes it so fun, because I think Arizona, obviously we've seen our great deal of teams out here with the best talent in the country, and you more so than me over the years, but... It's kind of fun going into game not knowing who's going to give you what and just seeing what new guys are going to perform and who's going to kind of surprise you this game. It's definitely been fun in that aspect. And again, if there's a time to do that, it's this season where the expectations are low. It's a get right year and it only carries momentum into next year because you look around the conference next year, Oregon's going to be right there. But I don't think Arizona has fallen back to the point where they're completely behind the USC's and UCLA's of the world. I think Arizona could most definitely be right there next year. And um, it, it just gives you hope as a fan and as somebody watching the team that this team's going to be in a nice spot next year because they're continuing to get better and better and better. All right, let's talk back. Let's come back and let's talk a little bit about Washington. They're coming up Saturday. Washington Huskies, Arizona Wildcats. We'll get you ready for that one. Stay locked on Wildcats. <laughs> Welcome back to Locked On Wildcats. I'm Mike Luke. We just talked about the Arizona-Washington State game. Why don't we get you ready now for the Arizona-Washington game? And I'm not going to blow any smoke for you here. The Washington Huskies just aren't very good. And you can tell by their scores. Heck, you can tell by the time, by the way Arizona beat them last time by a score of 80-53 to 53, that this is a team that doesn't have a lot of talent. That being said, they've played better ball of late. They've won a couple games, but this is really just a three-man team. And if you can control point guard Quade Green, the Kentucky transfer, 
along with Jamal Bay and Eric Stevenson, you're going to beat the Washington Huskies. They just aren't that good. It's kind of a hodgepodge of roster after that. And if those three can't make shots, this is going to be another epic blowout. And this is going to be a cruise to victory win for Arizona. Now, as everybody knows, Mike Hopkins is a Jim Beheim disciple. And what that basically means is, is that he's going to run a zone. And he runs a different kind of zone. He runs an active zone. And what I mean by that is that you've got long athletes on the perimeter. And that's basically your only chance if you're Washington to be able to beat Arizona is to junk this game up and make it difficult for the Wildcats to be able to get into some kind of a consistent offense. That is really your only path to victory. Conversely, if you're Arizona, this is a game, too, that you've got to continue to build on because... The Wildcats, while good, the Wildcats, while good, are certainly beatable, but you want to be able to continue this nice little run, this nice little streak that the Cats have been on right here. And the way to beat a team like Washington that wants to junk it up is by a team effort. And that's exactly what Arizona did last time. Heck, Jordan Brown, 12 points, 7 rebounds. Azulis Tabellas, 10 points, 7 boards. James Akinjo, 8, 4, and 3. Ben Matherin, 13 points. T. Brown, 10 points. Christian Coloco, 8.6 rebounds. Heck, even Ira Lee got in there and contributed. That's what you're looking for right here. Washington, again, is not very good, so you need to just be able to have a good team performance. If we're talking to you on Monday and Arizona just squeaked by with a victory or didn't play very well and lost, you really kind of have to wonder where exactly the mindset of this team is and if they're just going through the motions. But the one thing that this team has shown us to this point is that it's not a squad that just goes through the motions. This is a squad that is out there, and they respond to their coach, and they respond in a big way. Washington, on the other hand, doesn't have anything to play for either other than trying to maybe keep Mike Hopkins' job alive, which is actually a fairly big deal to begin with, and to be able to maybe make a little bit of an NBA imprint. I don't see any NBA players on this team, but Quad A Green's a guy, McDonald's All-American, who's got some ability. Eric Stevenson, Wichita State transfer, he's got some ability. Jamal Bay, same thing. And that's a powerful thing. When you don't really have anything to play for and you're trying to go out there and just show NBA teams what you're really capable of, that's something that can really help you out, and that's something that can buoy you at times. So Arizona's biggest mistake right here would be going into this game thinking that this Washington team has no chance of beating them. This is an Arizona from five or six years ago where you could walk in there and guess what? Our defense is basically going to stop you. That's not what is going to happen in this game. Arizona needs to play good collective basketball, and if that happens, then I would expect Arizona to come out there with an easy win Because, again, across the board, the Wildcats just have more talent on and on down the list. One through five, one through eight. Maybe the only guy that would start for the U of A for Washington is maybe Quad A Green. And in a situation like that, you've got to be able to beat that team. There's absolutely no excuses. And I expect to be coming in here talking with you all on Monday about Arizona with another 15 to 20 point victory. I'm going to go 71-54 Wildcats win, and they continue to build on this. And Sean Miller has a big grin on his face in the postgame presser as he gets ready to battle his his best friend in the coaching industry, maybe, in one Dana Altman on Monday. 
the key to being a good program is beating the teams that you should beat. The key to beating being coming a good program is taking nobody for granted. And you know what? Every now and then we're going to beat a team that we shouldn't. You should be or you should beat Washington. That should not be an issue. And like I said, I expect to come in here talking with all of you about a nice little Arizona beatdown. Hope you guys all have a great weekend. Appreciate everybody out there listening, of course. And you've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.